Welcome to VG Empire episode 120. That was the orchestral stylings of Star Fox for the Super Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm one of your hosts. No, screw it. I am the host, Brett Elston, everybody. <laughs> uh, joined by two people to help me talk about Star Fox. Hi, this is Chris. Not your host, apparently. You no, want to split duties? No. Because uh, I'm just here for duty jokes. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is Patrick Kulikowski again, Hi. trying not to be a co-host this yeah. time. No, 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 I no, said I would, when we were, you were talking about doing this, I'm like, well, I don't know that I've played all the Star Fox games, but I have. Yeah, it's just, there's is, so few, yeah. I feel like there should be more, considering how many Amiibos I own from them. <laughs> no, uh, one, I don't have this. This is something one. Pat and I have been wanting to do for, like, months. And he got sick that one I day. I got super sick, and then life happened, and then months went by, and uh, now here we are. But this was originally supposed to be kind of timed around... Uh, Star Fox U? Zero. That's Zero. what it ended up being called. <laughs> the one that uh, brought the series back into the mainstream yeah. fold. It was com- very successful. Criti- critically well received. We're recording this in 2015, by the way. <laughs> shout, so, outs, shout outs to the animated uh, episode. Of oh, is Star that Fox. good? Yeah, you should watch it. It's oh. actually really incredible. I would oh, yeah. love to bid on one of those E3 Muppets. Yeah. And they are Muppets. Yes. All oh, the lead God, up yeah. to it was great. I just I played it at PAX and was like... Eh, I'll wait and see how this goes, and then I I just haven't got around to it. But the song that brought us in, the main theme from Star Fox Super NES, uh, is immediately different from a lot of the music we've played on the show because it's video gamey in that it's not like live instruments or anything like that. It's yeah. definitely being pulled from hardware on a console, uh, but is trying to go for a cinematic movie feel, and you get this really unique sound that's not. I can't think of many other Super NES games that sound like Star Fox. Yeah, maybe maybe Zelda, like A Link to the Past to an extent, but not like not so. Yeah, I don't know. Futuristically, not, this is like uber orchestral. In a yeah, way, you know? um, but yeah, that main theme. Uh, you hear that that main theme that's kind of like the the hook that. Yeah, it's and, it's almost like you're in you're listening to a symphony. Yeah, something. and yeah. you'll hear that rep- reprised, reprised mm-hmm. over yeah. and over and over again mm-hmm. throughout the the game. Like one of my favorite, like uh, this is just a great oh, the example. Controls, yeah, this yes. controls thing. How yes, it's just oh this. Uh, you hit start and yeah. you're immediately on this screen. Wow, the yeah. screen where you can just control those little R wing, the spaceship, and like you can just. It's probably around. the music you've heard the most if you're familiar yeah. with Star Trek. And yeah. it's just, Star Star Fox. Wow. <laughs> but just to take this immediately and to treat this like no, this is a big deal. This is like this is the theme to this brand new experience you're about to have, and to like really beat you over the head with it is I don't know. It's even Zelda didn't use the Overworld song but once a game. Right. It's right. not like they weaved that uh, that theme in over and over and over again. Star Fox, like from the beginning, owns almost a John Williams style. Like this is the Superman hook. This right. is the Jurassic this Park is the motif thing. that you're yeah, going to hear that's throughout. The word I'm and at, too. just the fact that you you hit start, you select your options and everything from that control screen. And then it goes into the course map select, and it's yes. like an even more oh, orchestral, yeah. like yeah. heroic Actually, sounding yeah. version of course that. Course map select. Yeah. 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 So just, it, it just filled, filled me with so much resolve. Like, I yeah. can do this. Like, yeah. There's so much, like, like, it's very militaristic in a sense. Sometimes yeah. you get these heavy drums and a very marching. And Fox McCloud and his group of other animal friends are uh, just. Are they bounty hunters? Or they they work for a government? I can't remember how they're, this works. Yeah, they're mercenaries for hire, essentially. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, I mean the the whole story of that game is, uh, yeah, you're Fox McCloud. Your legs have been sawn off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Miyamoto-san like confirmed that though. Yes. Like, One of my favorite fan theories that because it just checks out, and you know, Nintendo will never talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I think there might have been a video where they asked him about that, mm-hmm. and he like shook his head or something like I, that. I don't, so, I don't know what I was thinking. It's too painful to bring up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're out to they're out to join the Cornarian forces to fight the evil Andros, which is this monkey head. Yeah, a floating, <laughs> floating monkey head in space. Yeah. Maybe it's an ape. Who and can somewhere, somewhere in there, Fox McCloud's dad got killed along with... Yeah, the, and uh, yeah. some other Top Gun references. Yeah. Topper, that's Hot Shots. Uh, but yeah, Star Fox, <laughs> the game, is uh, 1993, uh, Argonauts, and you've got here in the notes, but this is a great story of a Western dev wowing Nintendo at Pretty a time much, yeah. when, like, Nintendo of Japan couldn't have been more stonewally to anyone stone wally coming soon to dvd uh <laughs> but just like how did it work like they made they had, the super fx chip was kind of invented through this star fox marriage of, of argonaut and, and nintendo right? yeah pretty much um i think there was a game before star fox made for the game boy called i want to say it was called x or something like that um which i mean it didn't use super effects or anything like that right. but it was like a first person flight sort of game oh. and I think the developers of the Super FX chip Argonaut <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 yeah. that's that's it oh but, it's like Faceball 2000 yeah, yeah but they they took inspiration from that I sure. think and basically found a way to make a game like that work on Super Nintendo uh-huh. and yeah uh, Miyamoto and Nintendo took great interest in that and huh. brought them on they actually moved uh, the Argonaut guys over to work with them in the office yeah. in Nintendo Japan. Which is crazy. Yeah, which like just doesn't always happen. For 1991 <laughs> to Nintendo, yeah. it was like, nope, yeah, that doesn't sure. happen. Um, yeah, so it was very so revolutionary. It wasn't entirely done to stave off the technology of other consoles, which is sort of the story you hear. Right. That like if, if they, yeah, we can do polygons. Done. Ne- we'll never address the polygons right. again. It's yeah. been done once in Star Fox. And, yeah. and that explains the extra two connectors on the SNES cart for that game. Right. Yeah. And then this FX chip would, the only other notable use is Stunt, Stunt Race, race. FX, Stunt race which FX, was yeah. fine. I, I did like it a lot the next year, but then after that, like there was one other game, I, Vortech. Or Vortex, a uh, third-party game, uh, which I always wanted to play, and then when I finally rented it years later, I was supremely disappointed. Didn't actually know about that one. I do yeah. know that a uh, second version of the FX chip, FX2, was used in Yoshi's Island. Yes, yeah, yeah to a and yeah for, um, for but non-3D purposes. But yeah. Doom, wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hajime Hirasawa, composer. Uh, composer. Yeah. Time Twist for the Famicom Disk System, Wave Race for Game Boy, the Super Scope Six stuff. Um, which I don't recall the music from, but I guess I should give a look. It's pretty good from I, what I recall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, he, funny enough, uh, this was Hirasawa's only like last video game composition. It's so weird. Before he like moved from Nintendo and became CEO of a Japanese music company called Faith Incorporated, mm-hmm. and they do like mobile music, karaoke music services. But he's the CEO of that company. Wow. But like, part of me is like, could he have? G- done something even more amazing than Star Fox. I mean, the world will never know. But yeah, it's, unfortunately. It's kind of, like, mind-blowing. But yeah. it's crazy how, like, this, his his magnum opus, in a way, has influenced other Japanese game composers, mm-hmm. like uh, Kenji Ito, who you might remember from, like, Final Fantasy Adventure, Legend 2, Romancing Saga, mm-hmm. like, stated in an interview that 
this soundtrack was a big influence on him mm. and obviously Uematsu was too if you listen to Ito's mu- music but um it's just kind of crazy the amount of impact this uh yeah this soundtrack had and this came out at a time it was 93 the the 16-bit back and forth between Sega and Nintendo especially in the west like with Sega of Europe and Sega of America's advertising was pretty similar like going very aggressive and like yeah it you know so super nineties in the irreverent attitude uh you know mindset of how advertising went and a lot of entertainment went before you got like extreme everything and extreme Ghostbusters extreme dinosaurs the <laughs> attitude era in wrestling like it's before it really blew up like Sega of America and Sega of Europe like really leaned into it pretty hard um but so at this time you get a new IP from Nintendo which even in only on their second real console, mm-hmm. NES to Super NES. The idea of getting a new IP from Nintendo, even then, was kind of like, really? A new thing? It's not Mario or Zelda or Donkey Kong or something I already know. You're going to invent this new thing? That's, well, interesting. Yeah. And to have it, I don't know, like, at a, to have it be this, multi, on multiple layers, a very interesting game. Like, it's a space combat game, which isn't wasn't all that common on consoles to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's polygonal which is also like what you can do that at home and it's also with this militaristic orchestral approximation soundtrack which is also not really the the hot sound at the time and then there's also just this air of like the box and all the art is like these actual models or puppets or whatever anthropomorphic uh yeah like animal characters animal characters but then like yeah the box is like clearly a model of star of fox that exists and like a puppet or something that you could pose and photograph and it's like Every visual element, any way you would interact with this game, audio or visual, was, like, distinct. Like, right. everything about Star Fox was, like, oh, this isn't, like, anything I'm playing. So, I think the uh, the puppet mm. idea was, uh, Miyamoto was inspired by, there was a UK puppet drama back in the day, Thunderbirds. Yeah. And so, that was one of the inspirations. But the, you should have brought that up in the laser time and things that are huge everywhere oh, else in the world. Because yeah. Thunderbirds is. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I remember watching, like, old reruns. Yeah. I thought they were unwatchable. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a, a, a marionette puppet show from the 60s. Right, so, like, yeah. no pressure, Thunderbirds. But, uh, yeah, I believe uh, J- Jonathan Frakes directed the, the theatrical live-action movie that nobody remembers <laughs> yeah. but this kid. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it, even though Frakes should have pulled me in but he didn't right and then uh, I think uh, Miyamoto fused that with this the other inspiration he had were and I think you've been to these the Inari Gates yeah in Japan in Kyoto yeah so like there are like fox statues out yeah. front of those and yeah the, <laughs> he melded those two influences <laughs> into, two a, completely... into a Star Wars space <laughs> drama and that's the thing uh, yeah. I love about Star Fox too is there's drama involved when you're piloting the art wing you're not just shooting people down you're listening to yeah the, this chatter the chatter yeah, the radio did. chatter from your teammates yeah yeah, yeah. So, which was just yeah the super <laughs> nes one it's famous for <laughs> that's <laughs> all you really get it's called uh, lilac speak that was pepper general pepper, pepper i think <laughs> that's falco falco <laughs> i and, love how uh, i know these peppy <laughs> and Slippy. I, and I never get tired of mentioning that it's Lilat speak, and if you have the DS version of Star Fox Command, mm-hmm. you can speak into the microphone That's and it right. will yeah. Lilat your voice. Yeah, yeah. And it'll, it'll create gibberish out of it. An unsung feature in a weird, weird game. Yeah, it's on Wii U, even weirder. <laughs> it is, where you can Even can't weirder. Do it. 
Uh, I did review Star Fox Command back mm-hmm. in the day. It, it was mm-hmm. fun. It's it pretty fun. I never I finished it. it. It gets the difficulty curve. Yeah, I had a good time with high, it. Um, it's highly repetitive, and the difficulty gets crazy. Yeah, yeah Star Fox. Uh, I guess we should also note for our non-American listeners, it was called Lilat Wars. Yeah, in, uh, uh, elsewhere, Europe, like a copyright yeah. sort of. thing. Yeah, There's not in Japan, Star not in America, but in Wing. Europe. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a game called. No, a company called Star Fox mm. or Star Wing or something. I don't know. Didn't stop the uh, <laughs> didn't stop uh, Blizzard from calling a game Starcraft, despite a years of wagons and uh, trailers uh, that you'll see on interstates around the country called Starcraft. So I, I think it was Star Wing in Europe, and then sixty four was Lilat uh, Wars. Lilat Wars. Oh yes, yeah, because Star Wing did so poorly. I think the the rumor or the the tale is that oh, really? Star Wing didn't do well, so they're like, well, we don't want to call it Star Wing sixty four because nobody played that uh, so we'll call it lilac wars I, I, I think that's how it, that's at least that's what triggered in my brain it's interesting unless i invented that entire scenario because i mean this star fox snes wrote me in like i i, I was a latecomer to a lot of games mm-hmm. but um i first rem- i remember first seeing it at an snes kiosk in walmart in like the mid 90s and i was just blown away by the visuals even if like playstation was out by then i wasn't you know shown that or anything sure so just go Going from wow, this is working on an SNES. This is amazing. Um, like I love the the flight and everything like that. And uh, yeah. I would borrow it a lot from a friend, and I would read the Nintendo Power like Star Fox yeah. comics that was promoting it. And I just thought it was great. And I guess like when you boil it down to its core, the reason why people love it, it's like you got cute talking anthropomorphic animals. That's my. You hook. mix that with futuristic aerial combat and. Partner mm-hmm. commentary, great music, and to yeah. me that that's, that's the awesome. look in the gameplay turned me off. Like as someone avoiding PC gaming, mm. and like well, I don't want Nintendo games like to look yeah. like this, right, and, and right. so I didn't play it at first. But I finally came around to it and mm-hmm. really, really loved the original. Yeah, and I think some people will say, "Oh, you're all wearing rose tinted glasses," but honestly, I would much rather put the SNES card in and play that now than I would any other Star Fox game. What about 64 3D? Uh, I, I had, actually, I, I played that a lot in the on the way to Star Fox Zero's release. Mm. Um, I it's love, a good port. I love 64. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a better game. I just still mm. wish that they would just you know go for the punt and make that Remake game. Remake it again. Make that mm. game but better and not try to tack on a bunch of other stuff. It's, I feel it's a, like it's a, Zero is a big retread of it 64, is, It is, but then there's this other vehicle thing that's kind of... The sand, Chicken Walker, and then like the, two, the Wii U gamepad like, targeting thing. It's like, none of these things like totally impede the ability to enjoy the game, but it's like, all any money and effort put into that could have just been put on more levels or level design. I, I don't isn't, know. Isn't that the, the mm. criticism that came out around Zero is that Nintendo doesn't particularly love Star Fox and generally addresses it when they have another technology to tack on to it. I mean, it definitely seems to be tied to some gameplay. Like, just making another one isn't enough. Yeah, which is, which, yeah, much. Which is which true. Which I think that was the criticism on Zero. I'm like, you could have just made another straightforward Star Fox game. Although I think fans happy. really just want another. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. And I can understand, like, creatively, like, but well, we don't want to just make another one. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's what makes games... like developers artists in certain yeah. senses and, yeah. it, and I get it to a degree but it is like well yeah but it's been like a decade since we had just that and the technology yeah. has leaped a lot so just making a really sick space shooter game that's Star Fox themed I'm into that mm-hmm. um, but when you start tacking all this other stuff it's like well I like 60% of this uh, <laughs> the problem is this other 40% I could take or leave and then mm-hmm. you just leave with this like 
opinion of a game that's kind of neither here nor there. It's like, well, I'll just play 64 again, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. But anyway, uh, before we dig into any more of one, let's play a couple songs. Sure. Um, I think you just selected, we'll play the emergency call. Yeah, that, you, need, you need to. You yeah. need that re- preceding uh, Corneria mm-hmm. because, yeah. uh, and just a little bit about emergency call. Like that scramble screen still gives me chills when yeah. I, when it's I really watch cool. it. It's like just this wonderful sense of like urgency to the game. Very yeah. cinematic for its time. Yeah, the game begins yeah. with like, get out there, we're under attack. Yeah. Like, Andros's forces are here, and you see yeah. all the R wings like flying out of this tunnel, and the camera like swoops in. Yeah, again, this very yeah, the like, thruster sound effects yeah. and everything. And and then and then even in uh, Corneria, the the theme hits. You're sho- you're shown the base, and the R wings are just shooting out yeah. of the base. And then the camera the f- just dynamically turns. Yeah, R wing. It's like oh my god, for an early nineties. Yeah, game, the the fourth R wing is you, and you're like yeah. the camera p- zooms in, and it's like this is. That there's nothing like this. There's no other game you're playing that that does this kind of dynamic camera movement that makes you feel like even though you are in a tube flying straight, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's really cool how it makes you feel like you're in the middle of a big battle. Um, so we'll do emergency call, and then that goes into Corneria, which is the first stage, the first level, the first planet you're on, and mm-hmm. it is, you know, that main theme that we came in with has that has that main motif. But like this Corneria song is like the number two song for Star Fox for me. It's just like. It's got everything you like about video game music, but a little bit of that, like, soaring kind of uh, going for a movie cinematic score feel. And it's a really sure. good mix of the two, I feel. Hasn't been used enough in future Star Fox yeah. games. Although it's been remixed a lot in Smash Brothers and yeah. stuff. Which it's is a great, great song for that. So it we'll is, do yeah. real quick just that. The emergency call that then flows into Corneria. <laughs>
Ah, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I actually, uh, whenever I get a chance to do VG drumming live, mm -hmm. I always start with Corneria. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, the, when the drums come in, it's very apparent. Like, it, it's, is. it has a very uh, a good presence, the percussion in that. Yeah. It's got this mix of, like, orchestral strings, orc hits, but still, like, a rock distorted guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bass. The bass grooves are actually really yeah. amazing mm -hmm. if you listen to them. Yeah. yeah it, you mentioned Umatsu, like, being kind of a, a you know, a second point contact of inspiration for uh, this but like it feels very battle music to me at mm -hmm. times like it has kind of that same driving feel um, for sure you, you did mention in the notes here that it sounds similar to afterburn it really does you have no idea <laughs> so what's coming <laughs> yeah so this is a track that I, I didn't listen to yet it's gonna blow your mind i think oh wow this is the arcade afterburner yeah After wow. came first, too. Oh, big time. <laughs> huh. It's all Top Gun Iron Eagle influenced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the orc hits, the guitar. Yeah. It's like, in a way, I feel like Corneria is more like, this is the way Nintendo does this. <laughs> yeah. The same idea you had, now we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but mildly different. Right. For sure. Um, no, that's great. Afterburner is one of those games that I played a ton of as a kid. Mm -hmm. Both the stand-up unit and the one you would sit in, mm. and it would tilt up and down. Your friend Budnick sitting next to you. And <laughs> no. T2. I can't think of Afterburner without thinking of Terminator 2. Yeah. So I, That's right, he was in the room. Yeah. Uh, but I, it was either always so loud in the arcade, mm -hmm. or the speaker that the sound was coming from was drowned out by fire, 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 fire. Oh, like yeah. just exploding all constantly. That, that, so that like sound I've, bites in there, yeah. I've never heard the soundtrack to this game. Um but yeah, you have some quotes in here from uh, Hirosawa, the composer. Yeah, it's um, very interesting. It was from some really old Japanese interview that was translated some years ago. Yeah, one of them is uh, it says most troublesome. Uh, the Super NES has eight channels, so it was hard to work. It was hard work trying to pack them full of orchestral sounds, especially during gameplay. We had to work in a variety of sound effects, including the sound of the ships in flight, the blasters, and the explosions, so that only left around four channels to work with. And I can attest to that. If you were to take, like, an SPC version of, like, Corneria, mm -hmm. um, I think the drums and synthy bits are on one channel. Huh. So if you turn that on, like, oh, like for, me to, for me to try to isolate the drums is uh, actually quite a challenge. But yeah. you can do it. It's just you have to... Turn the channel off for a moment. Okay, turn it back on so you don't lose the other synths. Wow, that are exist on the same channel. So yeah, uh, yeah, they do a great job of mixing all that stuff together. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's another one. Uh, what he wants you to see in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my job was to collect samples and give them to Kondo. I guess that's Koji Kondo. Koji Kondo. Yeah. Uh, however, I was worried because I found myself unable to obtain a splashing sound effect for the water that appears on Fortuna in level three. Uh, I even got to the point where I was considering making Takaya Imamura hold the mic while I dove into a pool. <laughs> I think knowing trivia like that increases the game's depth. <laughs> with laughs. With laughs. But it, with laughs, but it's like, it does. Yeah. I feel closer to you. For sure. Um, yeah, we'll do uh, two more songs really quick from uh, the first Star Fox. This is Asteroid and Venom Orbital. Um, I guess a track that plays twice, once in the asteroid field, and then again when you're in the... <laughs> Orbit of Venom, which is the right. main, the big bad villain. Right, I love I love that it it gets reprised there. Like, yeah, like you're you're in this, you're almost there. Like, and then Space Armada, which is definitely the song that stands out to me because mm. uh, this is this one of my favorite stages. The first few times I played it, because um, I, I played this a lot to the point where I could finish the easy path 
kind of the, the easier path without getting hit. And I was very proud of that fact. And if I got hit, I'd just reset and start over. Now, there's no way I would do that. I would die horribly <laughs> over and over again. But Space Armada was the stage I remember getting to the first time and just feeling like the music is working so well. And because the you're cinematic yeah, by far. Because you're kind of on rails to a degree, they could queue up pieces of the music to you're flying inside of a ship, you're blowing up the core, you're flying out, and now you move on to this next giant ship, and then there's ships that you don't interact with that mm. they just blow up off screen or that they fly by on fire, and it's like, for this to happen in a Super NES was like, it just felt so much bigger than what what's actually happening, which is you're on a Disneyland ride. Like, yeah. you're just going straight and occasionally shooting Toy Story Mania crap uh, at the wall. <laughs> I think that's my favorite gameplay element of Star of uh, the original Star Fox is mm. that, that whole going inside, it's really blowing cool. up the core and escaping. Yes, it's really Star cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll do this Asteroid Venom Orbital and uh, Space Armada. so easy to put yourself in the, the idea of like that you're in a cockpit and that you're like just like stuff flying at you from every direction and like stuff exploding all around you it's just so well done yeah uh, it, it'll look a little crude to people today uh, <laughs> for sure but look past it yeah, i beg you <laughs> yeah i i do wish that they would uh just i don't know like remake that exact game exactly as it looks mm. but just running like 60 fps i would so want that yeah because it does chug sometimes well a lot uh, mm. but to see it running 
I swear that happened somewhere. Like they got a ROM running on a Genesis or something, or I swear that happened somewhere. It was a, a, a Star Fox that ran you know, unencumbered, like as if it was just running on a brand new machine. I swear I saw that somewhere. Yeah, but with like 2000s technology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll just move into the next batch of uh, uh, of songs here. It's yeah. a, a three song block. More, more like planets. We were in space. Now let's yeah. bring you down to the planets. Yeah, meteor, <laughs> which strangely a planet. Yes, <laughs> it's just called Meteor. Uh, and then Fortuna, which is this the one with the dragon at the end, the three-headed? I think so. But the, this song is like super so, funky. And it's weird. funky and jazzy and yeah. so unlike anything else on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Yeah. And then the boss slash Titania music, uh, which I don't recall off the top of my head, but I'm sure I, it will. That's another one I've drummed to. Nice. And um, I mean, I would have loved to play regular Titania, but I think the boss theme just takes hold it's just super catchy Hmm. very like dramatic Hmm. uh very rocking cool and that's why i picked it (laughs) (laughs) uh so we'll do meteor fortuna and the boss titania theme
man, that is intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, when Very it comes dramatic, in, that, yeah. yeah, the riffs on that guitar are great. And, the, the boss itself in uh, Titania is funny because like it has a screen that it projects and uh, it says bye bye. Like there's text that scrolls saying bye bye oh, yeah. as it begins assaulting you. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very very strange. But uh, yeah, the bosses really cool. in these games are always weird. Yeah, like... especially in this one because unlike sixty, like sixty four had like pilots in them that, that yeah. ban- bantered at you, whereas yeah. here no banter. Like you don't know if there's. Uh, a living animal in that. Yeah, in like that the dragon, the two-headed or three-headed thing that's in Fortuna. I mm-hmm. think it's Fortuna. It I'm might, pretty sure it might is. be Macbeth, which I still can't get over. There's a planet called Macbeth, <laughs> and no one has really asked. Like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, really? Reading Shakespeare? Shakespeare yeah, there. Like, <laughs> is there a, a planet Othello? Like, um, but getting into... Is it a dragon? Like, is it a mech dragon? Like, uh, I, I'm sure the answer is out there, and I just have not bothered to look. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, before we head out of Star Fox, though, I feel compelled to mention that there is a slot machine stage. Yes. That if you, like, find the right warp in Sector X or Y, I forget which one it is, you end up in a goofy... This is great. I love this track. Oh, I'm glad you're playing it, actually. Uh, what public domain song do you think that they will uh, go for? Uh, but you are you are fighting against a giant slot machine. Yes. It's almost like the game is trolling you here. Yeah. <laughs> With the music. Yeah. It, it does kick in. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you'll hear the public domain. Yeah. Right here. Now, when the foxes the lose both their legs. When the saints go over there. <laughs> go over there. Go over there. Go over there. Now play the course clear after this because that's another trolley one too. Course clear. Course clear. Course clear for the slot machine's great too. It may... <laughs> <laughs> just a reprise of this. That's like, great. We're just doing it like, again. Oh yeah, I'm expecting the normal course clear to play it now. Yeah. Listen to this instead. <laughs> yeah. Chocobo theme. Normally, you would get this beautiful. Yes. You did it. With the motif. And then with the full band. Yes. This is my favorite one. Oh God, Star Fox. Is Moving that, into Star Fox Two. Yes, the one we never officially got. Sadly. Famously canceled, even though it's essentially done. It was done. Uh. The um, Dylan Cuthbert, who worked on Star Fox One and Two, mm-hmm. uh, and he's with Q Games now. He confirmed that the game was one hundred percent finished. Um, he actually owns a finished ROM of the game that nice. obviously you can't yeah. <laughs> show anybody. And somehow that ROM got out. Uh, the, well, there was uh, the the ROM that apparently got out. He claims is not actually the finished one. Uh. Uh, but ROM hackers were able to restore things mm. in that leaked one sure. and that's what most people are familiar with huh. um it, yeah. yeah but the the music it's the biggest shame for me of, of that game not coming out um is the music is actually really inc- incredible mm. now, on par i would say with star fox one and it's so sad like i even in a realm of like this is easily obtainable yeah and i've still never played it it's right. just like it just shows you how lazy people can be as someone who is really into Star Fox, enough <laughs> enough to do a podcast about its music, mm. and I I could have already like I have the ROM, like yeah. of course I do, 
but I've never played it and sat down like, I'm going to finish this. Instead, I'll just play through something I've already done. I'll rewatch Transformers the movie. Like, I could have I could have totally played this by now. But, like, meanwhile, if it had shown up on Wii U, like, yeah, hey, we did a ROM dump and we did no other work and it's there. <laughs> like, sweet, I'll pay nine ninety nine for it. I totally would, too. Like, I totally would. Like, I don't know. Oh, um, but 1995 should have been out on the Super NES. But at that point, Super NES getting long in the tooth. And N64 coming out. N64's, That's pretty much why it got canceled. Yeah, was, it's like yeah. less than a year out. And yeah. PS1 and Saturn already at it, and the 3D graphics that in '93 were passable slash impressive at this point are like, whoa, we don't want to go head to head with Toshinden. Yeah, looking like this. <laughs> you have a point yeah. there. The fan base just won't shut up. <laughs> you will see if you ever get around to playing this. Um, I should. Uh, a lot of the features you see in like Star Fox Command uh, mm. 64 and even Zero. Uh, originated with this game. There's a map system very mm. similar to commands. You you tackle the planets how you want to tackle them in a way. Um, and then the whole point is fending off uh, Andros's forces and stopping them from attacking Corneria mm. on this map system. I see. Um, so and this game had the the chicken walker that Star Fox Zero has. Um, you do dogfights in space by like you know interacting on the map with mm-hmm. enemy forces, wow. or you can go into a planet. And each planet has a base you infiltrate, and um, then you go into that base, destroy the core, and go out, and then you move on. Hmm. And uh, so the music, uh, interestingly, was done by uh, Kazue Ishikawa, who worked on Link's Awakening and Wario Land 1 through 3. And uh, Yumiko Kanki, who worked on F-Zero, was one of the Uh, co-composers of F-Zero. So these two worked on the Star Fox 2 soundtrack, and it's just mind-blowing. It has the same sound font as Hirasawa's soundtrack. But new new tunes, yeah, and new 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 minds behind it. Yeah, and it's just done so beautifully. Um, one neat thing is how you have the planet music, but then you uh, when you go into the base of the planet, it's that same track, but done in a more like hmm. uppity, higher tempo, more is at stake here kind of way. Like uh, like when you jump on Yoshi in Mario World and you add <laughs> you add bongos or yeah. whatever, it's like that except more variations yeah. to it, and it's it's really really cool. Um, cool. So uh, in order for listeners to get a sense of that, I've spliced the tracks that uh, that I've picked here, where you'll listen to the regular planet music, and then after one loop, uh, the inside music, okay, uh, inside the bass, and you'll see the differences and how. Mm. As soon as you hear the high, higher tempo, you know you're in the, on right. the inside. You're inside. Yeah, pretty so much. So we have Venom Venom inside, which you mentioned. Which d- apparently you can tackle it like from the get-go, oh, wow. but it's not. I don't think it's the final area of not the Not the, the end goal. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, in the notes I mentioned, uh, I was looking for ways to, co- uh, sure. to compare. I do this, this all the time because I have no music terminology, so I'll be like, <laughs> what? I'll Dennis Miller it and be like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, chat so I, I, I sent the Venom track to my brother, and he was like, it's kind of like Oingo Boingo, like Danny Elfman's Oingo Boingo. It's yeah. like, I guess I could see this that. makes guy. Danny Elfman this look is, like Oingo Boingo. <laughs> yep, the synthiness of it. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, I did the worst Danny, doing Danny like, Miller. Dana Carvey, Dennis Danny. Miller. Jesus, if Dana Carvey does an impression, so can I. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Venom, uh, Venom Inside, and then Eladard. A new planet, Eladard, which that was the first track I heard from SF2, and... Uh, probably my favorite one. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a sense of urgency, but then like thirty seconds in, there's this incredible change up that like is almost like soothing in a way. Huh. Uh, don't want to give too much away. Describe change up. 
just changing tempo uh, it, in the middle of the just, song. Just or? a sudden change in the song that's mm. unlike what the first 30 seconds I you see. heard. Yeah. I mean, that's what I assume. I just yeah. wondered if there mm-hmm. was any more. And then Macbeth slash Macbeth Inside. Which is not quite like the Macbeth from <laughs> the first game. But from the book. Still here. really good. So yeah. this is Venom, Elidard, and Macbeth, and we'll oscillate from the outside space stuff to inside. More like planet stuff. Planet stuff to base the base, stuff. In the base yeah. inside, yes. Yeah. Venom, Elidard, Macbeth.
Uh, those were all fantastic, but yeah, that, the last one, the the change up uh, to inside Macbeth did sound like a if I push demo on a keyboard, uh, and I mean that in a good way. An electronics start walking up like I wonder what this one is, and be like sick. But no, I, those are really cool. I, I those pre made like Casio tunes. Yeah. I, I ate that crap up as a kid. <laughs> oh, I did too. Yeah, uh, to this day, there's one I can hum in my head. <laughs> That just floored me when I heard it in this electronics store that doesn't exist anymore because it, it was one of those like local electronics stores. It's not it wasn't a franchise, and it just disappeared and it became a vitamin store. Wow! Um, but <laughs> who needs vitamins? Give me my keyboards. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Star Fox Two um, that we never really got. Yeah, unfortunately. I also wanted to mention uh, uh, Miyamoto has said in the past that all range mode, the multiplayer mode of sixty four, and mm-hmm. the Star Wolf. They all originated from two as well. Yeah, because Wolf, Star Wolf, which we get into Star Fox sixty four now slash yeah. Lilat Wars in Europe. Um, yeah, they introduced basically the you know bizarro versions of like well if he's a fox then a wolf, frog, pig. <laughs> uh, I forget what the other two uh, are. Uh, Andrew was a monkey, and he was uh, the nephew of Andros. In oh, Star he was Wars. Uncle Andros. Yeah. That guy, yeah. Boy, <laughs> boy, howdy! You're not welcome here. God, but I, I so yeah, Star Fox sixty four. <laughs> uh, Hajime Wakai worked on F Zero X, which I'm making the uh, nice finger uh, <laughs> gesture here. F Zero X, which we've done an episode on called uh, the Fury of F Zero, I think, back in 2012. Such a good. Uh, worked on Pikmin and Star Don't Fox. Need to do an update yet? <laughs> nope, uh, not since 2004 <laughs> has there been one. Uh, and Koji Kondo, who also worked a bit on this. Yes, uh, uh, he. Uh, Kondo mostly did like the the that main motif theme mm. that you hear throughout this one, mm-hmm. and I think Wakai did most a majority of the soundtrack. For I see, yeah. This this was Only this one introduced games. voice work into Star Fox, and actually w- one of the first games I feel like I played that had full on voice acting. I know there was a lot in like Sega CD, yeah, Sega CD and uh, Sports Talk Football. Please come on, <laughs> <laughs> right? But this is like yeah, this is this more banter, especially yeah. on a cartridge. This is very chatty yeah. and uh, like having a lot of bow before the great Andra. Andra. <laughs> Man, what's the guy's name from uh, Clerks? Randall? <laughs> yeah. That, you know what your problem is, Fox? That, uh... Bow before the great Andrus. <laughs> but, uh... Andro? Uncle Andrus! <laughs> when he gets shot down. Yeah, yeah but, uh... Yeah, to have all this kind of... That same chatter that was in the Super NES one with the... Like, now it's all these, like, voice samples of characters that you're with and they're all with you all the time so mm. to have this constant chatter on one hand it could get annoying I guess to a little but at the time again it just felt like yeah we're all in this together and we're all talk there's all the cross chatter between pilots yeah. and like it was really cool and I think that uh, because every character had their own unique personality and mm-hmm. the voices really honed in on that Mm-hmm. Pigma, when he always meant, says awful things about Fox's late father yes. when he fights him. Your daddy screamed real good before he died. Oh, like, God, oh, I remember like, that's that. That's awful. Uh, what was his, what was that character's name? Pigma. Oh, yeah, Pigma. Yeah. Here we go. Daddy screamed real good before he Duh. <laughs> I guess us. Uh, I guess whoever was recording that shot him down before he finished. Well, whoever sentence. was recording that was real big deliverance fan. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's all kinds of like I mean, do a barrel. Oh, no, sir. We prefer doing things our own way. 
but there's just yeah. a lot of like constant chatter between uh, the the characters, and of the course team. the yeah. famous one being. <laughs> that's I'm the, sorry. That's the Japanese. That's the, do that's a the Japanese. You wanted this. Do a barrel roll. There we go. So yeah, I don't know. My favorite has always been cocky little freaks. Oh yeah, yeah. Cocky little freak. <laughs> it's it sounds like it should be like he's emirated, but it's not. He's so, and I also like this has this has changed how I say the word. Anytime I hear s- someone say "come closer," what's wrong? Come a little closer. I always hear him. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Like sounds like a riverboat alligator telling you what to do. That boss, by the way, probably the most satisfying death in that game. Oh, when he because, explo- when you shoot the switchers to yeah. change the track in the Macbeth oh, stage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's uh, piloting something that's chained to the train. Yeah. And so he's he's like going towards the base and it's going to blow up and he's like, no, hit the brakes. Yeah. I can't stop it. I can't and stop. It's so satisfying to take care of him because he's, he's uh, taunting you throughout the entire stage. Yeah. And finally you can do that to him with such ease. Yeah. He's like, no, hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> so satisfying. And then th- also this was the game that introduced the rumble pack for yes. the N64. Famously so. Yeah. And I recall... During that switcher segment, oh yeah, uh, it was nuts. There's that ginormous sphere, uh, spherical explosion, yeah. which can't happen in real life. Yeah, um, but the rumble pack goes haywire during yeah. that part, and I remember just telling one of my cousins to come over and like, you got, you gotta experience this real quick, real quick, and yeah. like they they hold the controller, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, and they they launched this with the rumble pack. It came in a thicker box, that's and right. They uh, they really leaned hard on like, oh, this it's not quite force feedback because the analog stick doesn't push against you, but it is. When you get hit, the controller shakes, and like it became a standard thing. Every controller rumbles now, and it kind of started with with that, or at least popularized through this specific uh, peripheral. But Star Fox sixty four, by the way, so summer ninety seven, and took a lot of what worked about the first Star Fox. But since we didn't get two, a lot of these ideas seem brand new. But like it added this like free range mode, where now instead of being locked to a tube, there would be mm. stages where you're defending a centralized target or a stationary target, and you would fly around freeform. And you could do barrel rolls and loop de loops and like really feel like oh this is that space battle I was it was kind of happening in my head mm-hmm. when I was twelve and now that I'm sixteen and cooler <laughs> I'm actually having the fight that I kind of thought and there's a, mm-hmm. a direct Independence Day rip off stage where a mothership yeah. like a giant circular mothership hovers over this pyramid and opens up a thing underneath it and shoots a giant beam down and if you don't get there in time it blows it up yeah. but that's also where, that's where the surfer dude. Uh, cousin of oh Fox, bill bill it's bill Fox, that's one of ours or enemy mothership approaching god bill enemy mothership approaching approaching fox you made it bruh oh. the two buck chuck is sick <laughs> um but this game is notable though because it it took what was already inherently fun flying around and shooting spaceships and added that combo meter where it, as you're shooting you know mashing the button to shoot you could push and hold and it would charge up a blast and you could then hover your target reticle over enemies and it would kind of lock on lock onto them. And if you let it go and you blew up a ship, anything around that tiny explosion would rack up a combo meter. And then that turned a game that I already like playing with Star Fox to I probably beat Star Fox 64 over 100 times mm. because I would just play through and try to get the highest possible combo counter. Try not to get hit. Try to keep that combo streak going and hit the, hit the maximum number of enemies with every shot. And it just became this really fun, even when you got good enough at the game just to finish it, period. It was like, now I feel like I I can crack open the actual game, which right. is this arcade 
trying to get the highest score possible in a time when score didn't mean anything in mm. games. And there's no leaderboards, so no one cared. I wasn't like, look at my score, everybody. It was but, satisfying yeah. to rack up a good score because uh, yeah. depending on your score at the end, General Pepper oh, yeah. will look at his at the bill that uh, that he owes <laughs> to pay the Star Fox team, and if it's high enough, he'll literally go, "What?" Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, he can either say "What" or "This is one steep bill, but it's worth it." If you destroy this, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the music, uh, not a lot stuck out to me in this one for some reason. Uh, I did get that this is one of the rare uh, soundtracks, not the company rare, infrequent uh, CD releases in North America that uh, Nintendo of America did put out. They, mm. I think it was a CD sampler maybe, but it, along with Mario Kart 64, Killer Cuts, uh, Killer Instinct Gold, Diddy Kong Racing, Yoshi's Story, there was a handful that actually got CD releases and this is one of them. Um, but... Yeah, the songs you chose uh, are the opening. Which was uh, Koji Kondo, I think. Okay. And, uh, that, that's the one people remember most is that the motif created with that opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Bump, oh, yeah. yeah. Nah, I'm that's already, used throughout. I'm already there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, I don't quite think it's as good as uh, sure. uh, the, the main yeah. theme from I kind of, a, kind of agree. Yeah. But, uh, um, and then we'll do Star Wolf's theme. Yeah. And Another we, iconic one. For yeah. Them. And then we will come back. Yeah, you're saying during the break, like the those are both good, but like the instrumentation you're saying, like some of the 
the brass uh, effects there. Haven't aged well. They haven't feel, aged as yeah. well as the Super NES stuff, which is kind of, it still seems timeless to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if N64 was maybe your first Nintendo system or your first real console that you really like attached to and grew up with, maybe that sound is a little more natural. I, I don't know. But for me, Perhaps. it's like I was already 16, 17. So I, I, I can hear more of the aging piercingness of that sound. A little bit, yeah, but the, the melodies are still good. No, it's good, yeah. yeah it's and it, good. it's also very fitting to the action on screen yeah. um, and cool stuff. Uh, the other infamous thing about this game, though, is that this is during the time when uh, Nintendo of America would send out VHS tapes yeah, to people I, who I, I got that to VHS. Nintendo Power subscribers. That kind of started with Donkey Kong Country in 94. Mm-hmm. 95, they, uh, forget which one they did then. It might have just been a general play it loud. In, 60, in 64, general one was in 96. 97 was one based specifically on Star Fox 64. That has... Hi, I'm John Lovitz, telling you to use the boost to get through. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is uh, a two doofuses with Sega and Sony shirts. Ooh, yes, where they infiltrate. <sighs> they, kidnap, so they kidnap a guy who is... I was referencing the Banjo, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. That really is a thing. John yeah. Lovitz oh, telling you how to play Banjo-Kazooie. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that a Nintendo guy parachutes into the uh, Washington headquarters, lands in front, and then... <laughs> These goons in Sega and Sony shirts uh, kidnap him, and the Sony one is, you know, they make him out to be a big weasel, and the Sega one a big idiot, Uh, but this is kind of them, after they've kidnapped him and are trying to uh, get to the point, as it were. (laughs) What's this about? Quiet, big boy. I'm already upset because (laughs) this is, again, that, like, Nintendo trying to do the edgy marketing back at Sega... But can't like can't go all the way. They'll like, what are you gonna call him with this insult, bit boy? That doesn't mean anything. You're you are also 16 bits. What is the insult you're trying to like? <laughs> you're still a 32 bit system, or like, what is the joke? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, you, call him an idiot. Call him something that's edgy and actually makes you go. Oh, oh, how could Sega say that? But instead, it's it's just like it's nowhere, and which is a, a lot of the attitude, quote unquote. Of anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> we'll ask the questions around. <laughs> yeah. You uh, have to talk into that thing. Word on the street is you got a new Nintendo 64 game coming out. Could you be a little more specific? We got a lot of new games coming out. Oh, <laughs> All right, and got one this year. It's ninety dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Finally going to get that golden eye game two years after the movie. Uh, and then it'll sell nine million copies. Uh, but this is Sega. Uh, so, it, so finally. Star Fox 64. Test pilot boy. You want to know about Star Fox 64, eh? Yeah, and you'd better tell us all you know. Yeah. So, so go back to Canada. Yeah, uh, no, you'll no, never they, know what I did up here. They they torture a Mario plush doll. They right? are, yeah. or else they'll put Mario in a vice. Um, I wish I could figure out where he unveils the Rumble Pack and they all lose their minds. This looks like a sketch you do in front of a dying child. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. You're telling me that this Rumble Pack actually lets players feel. The game? What? Like you're actually in the cockpit, flying and fighting? It's impossible. <laughs> it isn't. Say cock in front of the kid, Tony. <laughs> it is impossible. All it does is vibrate. It shakes a little motor, and that's all it does. But we're gonna make you anyway. The next two songs we'll play uh, is Area Six and Boss B. 
Uh, yeah. Do you have any notes about these? Um, well, Area 6 is probably my favorite track oh. from 64. I can't believe we're going from the VHS to these yeah. tracks. Hey, that's the, the loosey-goosey uh, frame you're going to get till someone else starts a better video game music <laughs> podcast. Legacy yeah. Music Hour, everybody. No, but for, <laughs> for real, uh, Area 6 is like my favorite stage of that game because it's right before Venom. Um, mm. and uh, So like Amazing 297? Yeah, very, yeah, very like... very like, Spider-Man joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I don't get it. <laughs> um like uh, very very marching very very cinematic again it's that cinematic mm. quality of that and mixed in with the voiceovers during that segment because it's like Star Fox is just wrecking Andros's forces like like nothing and yeah. um, and the i guess the commanders in in that fleet in the enemy fleet are like scrambling mm-hmm. and their voices are like quivering and freaking out mm. and stuff like that like the last line has been breached like that's cool <laughs> yeah it's just a really cool like like they don't they never know what hit, knew what hit them. That's cool. Way. Yeah. So we'll do uh, Area Six and Boss B, and yes. we'll be back.
great. It's super intense, uh, perfect yeah. boss music. That is should, the key thing, is the intensity yeah. of the tracks. Yeah, and we should mention, like, the final battle in both of them, in Star Fox and 64, is Andros as a floating head. Right, whereas it's a silver, silvery face. It's in, a silver, weird approximation of yeah. a face, which is really trippy and bizarre. It became an assist trophy in Super Smash Brothers uh, Brawl and then Wii U. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then this one is finally they can actually, like, model his hands and his face, yeah, and you actually an fight, actual, like, a, a giant... If, uh, you know, Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet kind of <laughs> thing where you're fighting, like, how do we fight this? With regular rockets. That's how we do it. Very creepy, too, because they animate, like, the flapping lips. Oh, yeah. It's kind of gross. It <laughs> is really kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when you get the final form, when you get to his final form, he's just a giant brain with two eyeballs. Oh, wow. God. Yeah. It's been so long. And I played this over and over yeah. in 97 and a little 98. And Best pun in the game is when he turns into that, he says, only I have the brains to rule. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the show thanks for listening man I checked uh, Star Fox 64 3D for the 3DS Mm -hmm. it it is $90 new on Amazon wow I think I traded it in wow I yeah, bought it. And glad I have a copy. It might be yeah, the definitive version of that game. It's not. No, nah. yeah, uh, the 64 version is still. They, yeah, but they still they improved a lot of stuff they, even visually. They did, but it's like I was impressed that they uh, re- they re-recorded the voiceovers, but got most of the actors from mm. the previous. No, some of them didn't. They make weren't it too in, busy. <laughs> I mean, why am I being mean? I don't it, know who it, these it was people just, are. For me, it was more like I was trying to play it on that handheld, but like the amount of like yeah. barrel rolling that you do <laughs> is is a lot. But what, what about is. with your head tracking, yo? <sighs> your head tracking that yeah, new. So, so it's like so to me, like three D off, <laughs> and the graphics are a little better. But it's like it's on a smaller screen, so like I'm not really appreciating all this grand new detail because it's mm-hmm. on a screen that's smaller than the smallest TV I had in the 90s. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It, I'm glad they did it because I did buy it, and I was like, cool. I'm glad this game's getting some attention. But it was just after I played it for a while, I'm like, you know, I I like that this happened, but it's not really what I wanted after all. Yeah, uh, at least I wouldn't deter play. someone from playing it. Did but. have uh, on uh, not online, but uh, like. Wireless play, yeah. dogfighting, which is the last Star Fox game to have multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> I did. We did do a lot of. Oh yeah, because you could unlock uh, being on foot in the multiplayer, That's right. like running around w- without their ships uh, with rocket launchers or like giant <laughs> yeah. bazookas on their shoulders, and stayed up all night one night unlocking everybody, and then woke up at six a.m. and like my like I've stayed up for a while unlocking, and then he stayed up, and then we woke up at the same time. Which they then tried to replicate. Namco Bandai tried to replicate yeah. in Star Fox Assault. I still the haven't played that. segments. I would recommend it for the for the, the flying parts. The flying parts and the music is actually really oh, good yeah? too. That yeah. was at the first E3 I went to. It in o- in actual live orchestra wow. recordings yeah. for it. Yeah, that's yeah, what the, I'm talking so about. We're gonna do a whole other show on Star Fox Adventures <laughs> then, right? Oh yeah, okay, we'll uh, definitely get into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this th- there's more Star Fox after this. There's Command. There's Adventures. There's Assault. Assault is and then there's zero but this is kind of again this we're already over an hour at this point and this is you know this is the sweet spot for Star Fox like this is these are the one in 64 and then two being this great in between Um, and plus it's just the sound that I love a lot of these but taking this out well I guess real quick VGEmpire.com is where you can find the rest of these episodes it's also on iTunes and I think on Stitcher now they got approved uh, there was a duplicate feed or something so you can get us on iTunes on Stitcher please leave comments I do read every comment that goes on the site on VGEmpire.com recent episodes included we finally finally did the Mario episode (laughs) which is good it needs to be done but prior to that I had Spencer Nilsson, who was the composer for Sonic yeah. CD and numerous other Sega CD games on the show. 
he came in and we talked about a lot of that stuff and it, I found great you you great and I uh, did a day sex episode with Alexander Brandon yeah, yeah definitely and, check that out and there's a lot of stuff you can dig through in the past um, but Kickle uh, Cubicle there is something yeah, like you're welcome Cubicle episode uh, one of one of my uh, friends who I'm collaborating well I'm I'm Getting close to recording a for colluding, a please. N sixty four tribute album that's Ooh, coming out soon. Nice. Uh, but the keyboardist of uh, our group uh, shouted you guys out on Twitter and uh, fell in love with. Uh, well, he loved the fact that you guys covered Kickle Cubicle. Oh, thank. Yeah. It, like it's that, that's one of those things. Shout like, out to you, Julian. If you care, <laughs> we're instant friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, somehow we got 25 minutes out of that game, and I don't yeah. know how it happened. But good, good tunes. A uh, good tune is a good tune. It doesn't matter true. where it's co- it Absolutely. comes from. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, sure. Yeah, VG Drum, anything else you want to... Uh, yeah, so VG Drum on YouTube. Uh, look out for that N64 tribute album. Uh, at Patrick Cool on Twitter. And it's K-U-L. But K-U-L. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all I have. You, you can always check out my other VG Empire apps. I was on Breath of Fire, mm. uh, Vandal Hearts... Double Dragon with Tim Turry. Yep. It's good stuff. Did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, you can also listen to other shows. We do Laser Time, 302010, Talking Simpsons, Video Game Apocalypse. Maho and, Daisaksen. That's the yeah, other episode that the, we that did. Was the, uh, we kicked off 2016 <laughs> time with a super And if you one. like Star Fox, my hope is you like Flight of the Navigator because I that is <laughs> yeah. my whole week as of this recording has been about. And on our Facebook channel and YouTube channel, it's a brand new custom trailer with some of the coolest synth pop mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a major motion picture soundtrack. Before it was hip, ironic, and yeah. cool to do. Alan Silvestri. The guy who did the Back to the Future and Forrest Gump theme mm-hmm. wrote that Alan awesome. Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. He also did the Super Mario Brothers movie He did, soundtrack. yes, he did. But he also did Predator. <laughs> Give him some credit. Oh, and then the Abyss. And, like it's cr- and somewhere in between that, he like fired his whole orchestra. He's like, nah, I got this. <laughs> I, I can do this whole thing. This whole soundtrack of my own. And the Avengers theme. And the Avengers theme. Wow, really? Man, yeah. Still relevant. Mm-hmm. Wow. So before we go, uh, one of the weird cross-sections of pop culture... <laughs> Uh, Wiz Khalifa, Alice DJ, Star Fox, and Limp, Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. Oh, there it is. Limp Biscuit! <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like after- I don't know why this exists. It's so, it's so great. Just Dude, the beauty of the internet. If someone can think of it, they can make it happen. The, the fact that this this is three minutes into a five minute thing. <laughs> you heard Fred Durst, DMX, the Macbeth boss. I'll cut four minutes in. With Khalifa. This this is one of the greatest mashups of all time. I'm sorry, uh, and the fact that Yikes. nowhere nowhere in the title anywhere does it say there's going to be Star Fox in this. <laughs> and Grim, who's been on the show a lot, Grim finally links it one day, like five years ago, and he's like, "No, trust me, just endure this." Because I love Alice DJ, well beyond <laughs> Better Off Alone. Like, everything yeah. begins with an E. Come on, everybody knows that song. Mm. Uh, anyway, we will go out with 
an OC remix, because uh, there was a lot of good stuff we thought about taking us out. Uh, there's really good remixes of the Corneria theme that was on the N64 US soundtrack, uh, but you said it was in a Japanese... The uh, official Star Fox CD release in 93 okay. had, okay. had it as an arranged tune. Yeah. yeah, And that's really good. You should look that up. Um, it was on a original... It's called like Original Soundtracks in the US. It or has hits like, up the wazoo. Yeah, and it has like Blast Core songs on it and other stuff. And then there was also uh, the Star Fox 64 credits music, which is also good. But there was a uh, a, a, re- a Star Fox remix from the Wingless, and f- back when I was de- uh, feverishly downloading OC remix stuff all the time, like the Wingless is one of those names I kind of knew, like on oh, the Wingless and Maze Dude, and all these names that would just pop out of me immediately. Dark Sword, I would know them right off the top of my head. Uh, this is just like I don't know. I liked Godspeed. It, it's it's a little you know quiet and low-key for a while, but it just the ending of it hits that motif that we played that we started the show with that I love so much. And at a time when there weren't that many Star Fox remixes to begin with, uh, I, it really stuck in my head for some reason. So as soon as we started talking like what to end a show with, I was like, I kind of want to hear this again. <laughs> and I haven't listened to it in years, and I'm hoping that it's still good and that people enjoy it. But we'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you for listening. VGEmpire.com, VGEmpire on Twitter. Where our laser time on Facebook and patreon.com slash laser time helps us with the show, helps us with all of our other shows. But thanks for listening. This is the Wingless from mostlyremix.org. Peace.